Hey, welcome to The Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. Good afternoon, Murray. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm a bit tired. <laughs> you look at you look at a little bit flat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually been getting too much sleep. If that's makes wow. sense. Wow. What what a first world problem, Mitch. Well, you know, when you like live off sleep deprivation. <laughs> yes. And then you have too much sleep. You actually realize how much sleep your body needs, and so that's why I felt like the last couple of months. Yeah, I've yeah, had yeah. like a solid seven or eight hours sleep. I'm like, oh. Yeah actually more tired than getting like four hours so <laughs> yeah i kind of feel you there i do sometimes run on the adrenaline of like no sleep i i definitely a bit last year when i was like studying full-time yeah. doing some essays until like 2 a.m and then like yep. going to class at 9 a.m the next day there's, yeah. there's a weird sort of like primal um alertness yeah well, you're the, sleep deprived the flight or fight Oh, hang on, let me say it again. Yeah. The fright or flight complex kicks yeah. in. I think that's part of it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, totally. Which totally. you can do for a while, but eventually it causes like burnout. Yeah. It's part of like living with anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do it for a bit, but. Yeah, yeah. You're like, why am I sick? And you're like, because yeah. you haven't slept properly in a yeah. week. So, <laughs> yeah, I've been reading a lot of stuff about the necessity for sleep. Mm. And so I'm trying to be a bit more like. Go get more sleep. Yeah, so. I was um, I saw this like clip from Neil deGrasse, DeGrasse Tyson the other day. He was talking about how if aliens came to Earth, um, they would be potentially confused by sleep because <laughs> it's like, so how do you get your energy? It's like, oh, I eat food. It's like, so sorry, why are you sleeping? <laughs> like. Yeah. F- food is our fuel, right? Yeah. So why are we why are we resting? Why are we going yeah. into a comatose state for seven yeah. to eight hours every day? Only God knows. <laughs> it's interesting, actually. I was I've been reading a book on spiritual discernment, mm. and um, yeah, the lady who writes the book I can't think of her name right now. It's, it's a book for leadership groups, like yep. so how, yeah, um, church leadership and all that should be working in discerning God. And she's talking about how dreams are an important part of discerning. So being open yes. to like. You see it in the Bible time yeah. and time again. Yeah, Daniel's dreams, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so she said, like, God still communicates that way. So actually being open to where God communicating with you through mm. dreams. Just interesting. Well, yeah, I've never thought about this before, but, um, yeah, like it's just anecdotally, and I've also heard that you only um, remember dreams if you're well-rested because you only the dreams that you have are only when you're in a light state of like REM sleep. Mm. So either if you're like really really sleep deprived and your body's sort of like in lucid sleep mm. or m- probably better situation you're um, coming naturally out of sleep at the mm. sort of mo- in the morning period. Um, it's those dreams that you're having during that REM state that you'll actually remember. Mm. So you could say like it's almost going to help God allow to speak mm. to you more clearly in dreams yeah. if you sleep well. Oh, there you go. There you go. There might be a connection there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm just riffing here. Yeah, I don't know. Some, <laughs> some sleep psychologist yes, is going so wrong. What are you talking about? <laughs> Let's oh, stick yeah. to our lane. Let's not do a Joe Rogan. No, let's stick let's to not. our lane. Yes. <laughs> and our lane for today is uh, on using your phone for good. Yeah. As you called the IM phone. The IM phone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I kind of um, I ripped or riffed off. Uh, uh, Tony Reinke's book, 12 Ways Your Smartphone's mm. Changing You. Um, yeah, which would be kind of fun to look at. But yeah, it is, I think, something which 
yeah, man, is just so a part of our lives now, such an appendage to us. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't go many places without my phone these yeah. days. And um, I was reading for Gen Z, their phone's like an extension of their persons. Totally. And so, yeah, that, that ties in a whole bunch of deep psychological and even spiritual issues of like, mm. yeah, if your phone is seen as part of you, mm. like, yeah. Like, how, how do you respond to that when your phone smashes? Or like, it's like totally. part of your soul's like oh, man. crushed. I've seen people drop phones. You think they just dropped a baby. Like, mm. <laughs> it's like I've, I've broken out. a few phones. I get more angry because it costs money to replace yeah. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is <laughs> true. Like, ah, this is true. Take yeah. this out of the shop now and fix it. Yeah, it's when my frustration. We like had a bit of a season during youth where kids were like pulling out their phones during a talk. <laughs> so it's like, all right, let's change this. So the yeah. idea was we'd like pass around a phone bucket. You put the phone in. Um, and if you don't put it in the bucket, then it doesn't come out during the talk. If it does come out during the talk, then you put it in the bucket, essentially. Uh, was the okay. So, yeah, there would be some kids who are like, no, 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 I'll be good. Like, I can keep my phone in my pocket for 10 minutes and just listen to a talk. But then they'd bring it out, so you'd bring the bucket over. They'd almost have a panic attack, this thought of having know. their phone taken away from them. And the That's way some of them would speak about it was almost like, you know, they considered it a human right to have their phone. Like, mm. you can't take my phone away from me. What if I need yeah. to call my mum? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually... Interesting. You challenged us to delete an app mm. off the phone. And, yeah. um, I'm a big YouTuber, so I actually took it up and deleted YouTube. Wow. Off the phone. I kept it on my iPad. Yeah. Obviously, like laptop. But yeah, that's massive. It was pretty massive for me. I was like, ah. Oh. And a few times I went to get a look at YouTube. I was like, ah, oh. hmm, it's not on here. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> so, so good. It's like nine times out of ten, I wasn't overly productive. I just. Go down the rabbit hole of like yeah. various exercise videos or yeah. like some political commentary and yeah. interesting stuff, but not overly like. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, those yeah. like AIs that I kind of spoke about the Spotify AI, which can be really helpful for, mm. you know, like suggesting new songs and stuff. They are designed to keep you on whatever app it is. Yeah. So like, it's crazy. Even um, the social dilemma, it's on uh, Netflix. It's this documentary mm. about the way it's all these people who um, used to work in the social media industry. And they even talk about how when you're scrolling on Facebook or Instagram, um, it will time how long you linger over a certain post. So you don't yeah. even need to engage with it with a like or a comment. They'll be like, oh, so-and-so, Mitch lingers over posts which are related to physical exercise yeah, okay. and health and fitness. So let's give him more of that. Yeah. You know, like it's sort of this, you know, next level of like reading Control. what you want and feeding mm. you. It's made to distract us. <laughs> it is, hey. But, um, well, I like the analogy you used on Sunday about bricks mm. phone as a brick and so obviously starting with genesis 11 yeah bricks that were used for evil yeah and then we're obviously connecting that in with the israelites who were slaves building yeah. their bricks yeah absolutely so, yeah just unpack that a bit more for us this yeah well it's been bricks yeah i think like ultimately it's that idea that tools can either be used for good or bad right mm. there's this idea that nothing is actually good or evil I was, you know even like a gun mm. like a gun can actually be used to you know like ward off foxes if you're a farmer mm -hmm. or you know whatever it is there's you know there's positive reasons you know yep. to like hunt a bird so you can eat you know i don't mm. know there's ways i'm not a gun enthusiast myself <laughs> i'm sure that you know the rfa could probably <laughs> think of more <laughs> great things for guns but you know this idea that 
yeah, these tools were ultimately used for bad. And then I think what I found really interesting was at first it was used for their own agenda. <laughs> mm. But I then loved this image that they then became slaves to bricks in Egypt for mm. somebody else's agenda. And I think that's sort of the image that we end up seeing so much on, say, a Facebook. You know, um, there's a great quote, um, which there's no such thing as a free product. Mm. And if you are getting something for free, it's not the product you are. Mm. So ultimately, these things that we're getting for free, these, you know, Facebook or Instagram or, you know, whatever it is, even it's quite interesting to see which news outlets offer their news for free and which go behind a paywall. Mm. So you start thinking, okay, well, hold on. These news outlets that are offering their news for free, how are they making money? Maybe I'm the product. Maybe Mm. the news actually isn't the product. And Mm. then we look at the ones that are actually charging for it. It's an interesting thing. So anyway, I digress. This idea of becoming slaves to a tool, uh, not just first our own agenda for somebody else's agenda, but ultimately that all technology can be redeemed. Mm. that ultimately those bricks were then used to, you know, build Solomon's temple, you know, which was mm. a place where God's spirit dwelt. Didn't last for long. You no. know? <laughs> Qu- quickly spiraled out of control. But ultimately that idea mm. initially was it was for good. It was to use bricks for good. Um, and, yeah, uh, again, Tony Reinke in his, in his book, 12 Ways Your Smartphone is Changing You, um, continues to talk about technology even all the way to the cross. Mm. The cross was obviously a piece of technology designed by the Romans to cause pain and suffering and humiliation. But ultimately, God could even redeem that technology, could even redeem that tool. Uh, So he sort of suggests if God could redeem that (laughs) as a piece of technology, (laughs) if he could redeem the crucifix, Mm. yeah, yeah. His, his, you know, sort of assertion as I'd agree with him is that, yeah, God can redeem your smartphone. (laughs) Yeah, we often um, think a lot of Christians and rightfully are quite wary of just the addictive nature of phone. And there's lots of studies Mm. out there of just the impact of the constant endorphin hit to your Mm. brain and just become a slave to it. Yeah, it's even interesting stuff about um, the way that we scroll. You're stroking an inanimate object. Mm. And that there's some psychological connection there where if you like just choose anything, like if you just used a tennis ball mm. and gently stroked it in the same way that you do a phone, yeah. you know, for 200 times a day, you actually grow some sort of emotional attachment to that ball. Okay. So even on a physiological level, mm. there's these attachments of addiction that we're getting with yeah. these devices. Fine. But um, it's like you said before, like it's it tools and any tool can become an idol yeah and like i often think of um when cain kills abel and he gets sent out east into mm. the land of nod and he builds a city which is called enoch mm. after his son enoch and mm. the idea there kind of implied is that the first city is full of evil and the cities mm. we encounter in genesis are evil but then we read in the book of hebrews that abraham and sarah were on their way to a heavenly city mm. like they recognized that their journey wasn't just so like in that sense like what you're saying about the the cross is that yeah even the thing that started off evil intentions ultimately god uses that totally and so too our smartphones have a lot of benefits they can be there for um yeah it's at the end of um the book tony rocky's book he interviews john piper Mm. is it conclusion i can't remember which part of it 
But yeah, it's there. He talks to John Piper, and Piper you know, just says something along the lines that he, like he's saying, he almost like cries. So he thinks of like the benefits that his technology has in yeah. his spiritual walk. Yeah, well. like when used right. Yeah, yeah. That actually, have a fair, I have a fair few Christian apps on my phone. Mm. There is. I have a look skis here. I've got one for online seminary. I've mm. got a prayer one for Barnabas Fund. A prayer one for Voice of the Martyrs. Unreached People Groups yeah. app. I've got a Prayer Mate app. I've got Covenant Eyes, Bible Gateway, Bible HUD, Overcome, which is another like, mm. yeah, Living Purity kind of app. Bible Audio, another audio, Parallel Plus, mm. the Catechism app, Lecto Divina, Bible mm. Project. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot out there. And I mean, most of those are also free, which is kind yeah, of crazy. You're not paying you know? for them. And I think that ultimately, I did kind of say before, if the product's free, you're the product. But yes. I think that the great thing about, I would say, most sort of Christian mm. devices or Christian, you know, apps and and um, yeah, products, mm. <laughs> um, is that I think that ultimately they're wanting to gain fruit for another kingdom, right? Yeah. Um, so often, you know, these these sort of apps that are out there are free because there's people with a missional heart yeah, that are wanting yeah. to see people. Yeah, whether being crowdfunded mm. or whether, you know, it being the initiative of a church. Mm. Um, I know that the Bible app, which I'm kind of going to look at a bit this Sunday mm. um, from Life Church, you know, that's, you know, something that their church is this big mega church yeah. over in the States have been like, yeah, this is an important ministry for us, you know. So that's something which is pretty cool as well, just seeing how much people have invested in this mm. and wanting to help on a on a global scale mm. of the church yeah so and for me i used the i have been using you version mm. well. all right here comes the humble brag people <laughs> drum roll i'm up to my streak is up to 786 that is insane yeah. 786 days straight. straight so for people yeah. who don't know a streak on the you version bible app you can't miss a day if you miss a day, it goes back to zero. So that's pretty much how long Asher's been listening to the Bible every night. Yeah, wow. Because that's when I started using it, was yeah. to play the Bible at night for him. So yeah. what's that? It's like nearly two years. Yeah. And 65 days. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. about that. It's been a couple of years. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so for her. It's crazy. Last. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. And yeah, I think that... Um, I think the other thing is it's really interesting just to see how much... Um, when we give something a go, it can be really helpful for a season. Mm. Uh, and I think that, you know, a lot of these things I have used more in a certain season. Mm. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that yeah. a lot of these spiritual practices can be great as a new little discovery, you know, to use for a certain time. And then if it starts to get a bit stale, if it starts even to become a bit religious in mm. and of itself, that, oh, you know, I, I have to do this today or I have to do that, then maybe you want to mix it up again. And I mm. think that that's the great thing about continuing to be open to exploring, you know, new mm. sort of um, resources that are out there yeah. um, that you don't have to be like, okay, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. You yeah. know? If you break your streak, Jesus still loves you. Man. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, It is well. a very impressive streak. Yeah, because it's never, it's funny, because um, it would, when I first started, I missed a few days. Actually, the streak thing annoyed me. I hated the, um, sure. Cause he, and then, I don't know, I've just kept, we have a very set routine at night. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually enjoy using version for being able to look at different translations. Mm. So in my nerdy state, I'll say read. Been going through Jeremiah mm. and listen to it in the message and then go through it in depth yeah. with the net. 
Bible which has like translated notes in it yeah. why they picked yeah and yeah I find that just really good to be able to flip between because I was actually going to buy the net Bible mm. at one point it's about a hundred dollars or something from yeah, yeah. it's not overly expensive yeah but then I saw the format of it and it's like text with like tons of footnotes yeah. I was like it's a lot it's a man, lot it's really annoying we're on the phone I just click it the footnotes just there on the screen yeah and it can minimize yeah. the second you hit it again no like uh, I actually think for footnotes like a digital version mm. of the bible is better yeah because you know you don't have to you know keep on going yeah, back and forth, forth to try and find the footnote down the bottom right. and yeah with the net but I mean it's almost like it's like a third of the page is just yeah. footnotes yeah. like it's yeah it's, um, so it's really so I found that like really helpful just mm. for my own like kind of spirit because that's how I like connect with God is the more intellectual level and so yeah. I like that's why I like how the net Bible is like yeah. you go a little bit deeper and no totally like oh that's why they translate this because it's based off this Hebrew yeah. or Greek word or sentence structure like, oh, yeah cool totally so, totally no mm. very very cool um, yeah I mean like I think one thing that I sort of found really fascinating um, about Tony Reiki's book is just sort of the ways in which even beyond a direct spiritual vitality. Mm-hmm. Um, he sort of addressed the way our phones maybe just aren't great just directly for our mental health mm. and maybe even our physical health um, sometimes. Um, but I think, like, yeah, each each of these 12 points, I think, re- really each kind of touched on something. Mm. Um, and, like, yeah, the 12 chapters sort of each explore it, but um, this idea of chapter one it's this idea we're addicted to distraction Mm. checking our phones at an alarming rate distracting Mm. us from god life and the world around us um Mm. and i think that you know you sort of brought up something so so true before and i'm the same with some apps which are so unhelpful at times you suddenly realize like when you delete it you're like oh it's going to that app a lot like Mm. in that sort of just that second or ems even challenge me you know will be hanging out you know George is asleep mm. or whatever and she has to go and quickly do something and come back she's like really like you, you had to go on your phone just then yeah. in that moment it can become a bit of a crutch mm. um, but yeah I mean I definitely think that a lot of us are just addicted to the distraction yeah, the mindlessness well, I think of it's, it it's that kind of feedback loop that because you get the endorphin hit mm. and then it becomes sort of like oh I'm bored and you need sort of mm. attention there's mm. a lot of studies out there now that being bored is a very good thing because it helps your imagination absolutely yeah now now i'm on the other side of the pulpit when i was a kid who would often struggle sitting through hour-long sermons and yeah. would often <laughs> create my own stories to kind of or count things to help kind of pass the time uh, when i used to work as a pool lifeguard because we do sort of eight or ten hour shifts one of the guys i worked he goes yeah, this is good training to become a monk mm. <laughs> just standing outside all day yeah watching the same body of water yeah yeah i got very good at um she used to write sermons when I was when I when I was in ministry. I'd have a little notebook and like make notes for my sermons. Yeah. So found that helpful. But yeah, like often we're just standing watching like yeah body of water. Yeah, like, mm, how am I going to keep myself? So I found ways to distract myself. Mm. So mm. yeah, amusing yeah. myself. Yeah, I think like just that idea of like being like present. Mm. I'm just so aware of you know see so many people even just at the park with their kids like on their phones and stuff mm. i'm like man like you know just be present in this moment yeah, like so go very quick uh, yeah i i've it's i deleted facebook the app a long time ago too and i found that was like because mm. about that depression stuff i found that was mm. quite yeah you obviously a post that would annoy you or mm. yeah and that uh, say this like 
that's why there's so many body health image issues now it's like because on Instagram yeah you just see constantly yeah and like even though people know it's fake and you see like all these videos ironically on Instagram showing how fake Instagram is or something, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah using lighting or yeah yeah, as a guy, a fitness guy I follow, he shows how to look like buffer in like mm. nine steps. And, you know, mm. he's a white guy like me and he gets a fake tan, shaves his chest, yeah. gets the right lighting. And like at the before and after, he goes, I haven't done anything. Wow. But like just the right lighting, get a bit of a fake tan. Like he, and sh- shaving off chest hair, like mm-hmm. or body hair makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So he said like, this is what they do. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I haven't done anything different. Yeah. And so it creates these like image issues. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's probably the thing that I do worry about for the next generation. I was like, I wonder how many people are getting fed. Mm. Yeah, so some of the fitness guys I follow, they they really speak against that, like on YouTube. Sure. Like, hey, like, no. Which you only watch on your iPad now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, not my phone. No, no. Yeah, yeah, no, like, like it, but I've, I've um, like read studies about how you're like 60 times more likely to have an eating disorder if you use Instagram. Mm, doesn't surprise me. Like, <laughs> like it's insane, right? Mm. Like if these things were drugs, like actual drugs, mm. like we'd be like making them illegal. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But then like with YouTube, that's why I like YouTube so much at the same time. Like Jordan Pearson calls it the university of YouTube. There's mm. so much. Yeah. Like I have watched so many lectures from like yeah. Bible through to like history mm. to theology. Mm. So it's mm. no it's using it. Well, I actually started relearning biblical Hebrew. Yeah, so good. Like they have, like you just follow. Yeah, there's yeah, all yeah. these teachers out there yeah. that are just teaching yeah. beginner Hebrew. Like you can learn yeah. so much. It's a tool. Yeah, and how you use it yeah. wisely. Well, the great thing with Hebrew is there's like a bunch of Jewish communities who really want their like next generation to learn Hebrew as well. So there's yeah. like some really great resources like that are just made free. It's funny when um when I thought God was calling me to the mission field to Cambodia because um, I was traveling in f- from the Blue Mountains to the city. So I had like ninety minutes. 100 minute train trip actually mm. and so I downloaded all these Cambodian resources mm. from YouTube Yeah, and that's how I learnt the language so oh, wow. can be used as a great tool mm. I guess that's like all yeah. all tools using yeah. it wisely um, I, I want to quickly go back on mm. something that you said the university of YouTube <laughs> yes because um, I think there is so much good stuff on YouTube but mm. Uh, as you know, one of the old like teachers, my sort of the theology unit that I mm. did in my first degree, which was very, it was baby theology, but mm. the guy who taught it, Mark Stevens, very, you know, smart guy, mm. had a PhD. Um, he used to talk about how if something's in a book, it's at least had to go through the filter of publication. Mm. Whereas if something is online, essentially the internet is a, is a gutter. Like whatever yeah. you pour down, it will go down. Mm. How can we be discerning, especially mm. with like theological sort of, yeah. you know, biblical resource stuff to be, yeah. yeah I mean, I think discerning question. is the right word, but almost knowing how to gauge whether something yeah. is trustworthy, trustworthy or not. Um, what, what would be some filters so, that you would put something through for you personally? So for me, it's looking at who is the poster. And so yeah. I'm actually going to type it in now. So yeah. Baptist Theological Seminary. They put up a whole bunch of um, quick videos. Um, yeah, so that's... So this is, yeah, Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. They put up like five or ten minute videos. Mm. Something like that, you know. Hmm. Southern Baptist Seminary is going to be fairly reliable. It's yeah. not just Joe Bloggs who's yeah. had a bash. 
Um, for me, because <laughs> I know whose authors are who. So if yeah. I see something by N.T. Wright, I know like... Yeah. like yeah. I know N.T. Wright's pretty trustworthy. Yeah. So I tend to only listen to people that are like well-known already. Sure. I don't really listen to just any random with a camera that's got no... Sure theological training so that's probably my litmus test as well who is this person are they a reputable pastor are they a reputable theologian or bible scholar yeah that can be a bit hard for somebody who's dipping their toe into this that can be very hard so yeah i would recommend that like if you're really interested in like begin level i point people to the bible project yeah that's a great one because tim mackie is always the old testament lecturer and gets people on who yeah and then use that as like because they obviously talked a lot of other people and use that as yeah. like the basis to kind of branch off. Yeah. It's like university essays. You'd never co- reference Wikipedia, but I would use Wikipedia to start looking yeah. for references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find where Wiki got its source from and then go, okay, I'm going to read that book or that article. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I heard um, something, I don't know how true this is, but the, the, the figure that was thrown out was 98%, but mm. who knows? I think it's a very high percent of information yeah. on Wikipedia that is actually accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think, good good suggestion yeah. is quite often a little number <laughs> yes. up the top of like something yep. and click on it oh okay what's this from and now let's mm. check out that source so kind of yeah. almost doing that little bit of work uh, another thing too is like comments are a bit evil but like actually seeing I actually can't see dislike ratio anymore so it doesn't work but once mm. upon a time on YouTube you can see the like to dislike mm. ratio and that gave you like a hint of that uh. At like least they're saying something that's a bit sort of um, yeah, dicey. Yeah, that's, that's you know. funny. There's one guy. Not many people bag the Bible Project, but when I went to Google it one day and art, a video came up about yeah. what's wrong with the Bible Project. I think I think that video was the most views that guy ever got yeah, on no, any like, of these videos. Ha- like, even yeah. I downloaded it. It was so dumb. It just felt it was... And yeah, that was one you could see. All these comments like, hey, like, like what are you doing? Like, yeah, they're yeah, trying yeah. to help. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but sometimes comments can be helpful like people will if everyone's kind of saying the same thing you're yeah like, you're okay like, oh, maybe like there's something to this yeah but i guess that's all part it's even the same with us like yeah okay i've got an mdiv but that doesn't mean i'm the source of more knowledge and so yeah that's why scriptures the, the Bereans it talks about next they check to see what paul said and aligned with scriptures mm. so there's this onus on yeah christians to just well even john says test every spirit not every spirit mm. comes from god that's one john yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like that idea there, don't just be passive. And that's probably what the issue with our generation is. And I'm looking at, because I got Tony Reiki's book too, one of the chapters. What do you say here? We lose our literacy. Mm. And I'm trying to remember what the chapter actually said, because yeah. I skim read it. Yeah. It's ironic because the, the rest of that is end to follow long flows of thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, but, um, yeah. but um, yeah, I think too, also. By losing our literacy, probably we've also lost some of our critical thinking skills. Yeah. And so there's some people out there who are like still very good at that, but some people just kind of consume without mm. paying attention. So, yeah. 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 I think, um, yeah, the loss of literacy is not just a Christian issue. <laughs> that's, no. a, that's a cultural issue. I think it does affect the church yeah. um, and affects it in some unique ways, for sure, yeah. with, you know, biblical literacy. But yeah, literacy as a whole. And I think that something interesting about figuring out ways to engage, you know, and I, again, I think that's one thing that's great with the Bible Project. They make really engaging videos. You know what's interesting? Which are like, really fantastic. So on Sunday, I got a f- 
like a number of comments about the Saints videos. Yeah. Asking if I want to keep doing them. Yeah. And I, know, I thought, you know, my wife was bagging on me for, you know, doing it, laughing at every <laughs> mistake. But I realized, like, actually, it's how people engage now. Like, videos is... Yeah. Now, I can't remember if I said this or not, but when lockdown first hit in 2020, when I was at the school, because they weren't sure if the students could meet for chapel, mm. the chaplain and I pre-recorded a number of sermons. And it's interesting, the feedback was the kids engaged more with the sermon video than they did. So it was... With the real person. Exact same content preached from some sort of lectern or sitting down. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, eyes glued to the screen. Engage more with the screen than a real person. Than a real person. And then we couldn't work out if it was because it was a novelty, but like, the, I think there was the element of like, oh, because it's a screen, mm. we're going to like, mm. yeah, engage with that. And I found that just really fascinating that the video yeah. has more. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really know what to do with that. <laughs> I don't know either. Like, should we just pre-recall our sermons? Well, okay. look, I'm just looking here at some of the, like, my suggested videos on YouTube on my laptop. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually on his phone, guys. It's like, no, no, it's it is on his laptop. Um, yeah, like a lot of these 15 minutes, five minutes, mm. two minutes, like a whole bunch of different, like some some of the workout guys I follow, they put their whole workouts up to follow. So mm. that's like, you know, an hour, 30 minutes or whatever. But a lot of the like, there's one guy I follow, um, he's sick in his 60s, really, really fit guy. Kind of yeah. gives tips. He just gives two minute tips for like how to keep in shape in your 60s. Yeah. So he, healthy, you know, diet yeah. tips, yeah. movement tips, just two minutes. Yeah. And it's like done. And that's kind of what people are mm. yeah, almost looking for, no fluff. And so how, how do you translate mm. like into like, often think about this for the next generation is that church really the format hasn't changed since Constantine's time like really like like okay like yeah congregation sits yeah someone speaking up the front there's some element of singing yeah no element about, of it's been about 700 years since we've mixed up the real structure yeah of like yeah. it's you know and <laughs> it, for the first time in human history that's that model is being challenged because people aren't yeah. really and I think of like TED Talks, like they're set a very set limit, have a very particular yep. agenda. Like you have to yep. present like I'm blah, blah, blah here. I'm, I'm going to talk to you about, you yep. kind of set from the get go, this is what I'm going to talk to you about. Yeah. And then here I'm going to do it in this 15 minute, mm. very short time frame to do that. So yeah. So th- I think there's a space for that public teaching that's changed. But mm. even though, like TED Talk videos, they get millions of views. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. people, absolutely. Yeah, so I don't know how it looks like for the church and how we engage in that. Yeah, I think maybe the first step is recognizing if we're um, truly passionate about the church continuing to flourish for Mm. the next generation, Mm. to be willing to let go of some of our own idols of style. Yes. Um, And yeah, I guess style is the word, right? Um, Because I think that people get very attached to the way of doing things, the mm. tradition of doing things. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think a lot of the time there's, um, yeah, n- nothing. Well, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? We have all mm. of these uh, pastoral epistles that Paul writes. It's not, no, it's, it's not too um, prescriptive about how no. a church service itself should look. No. You know, there's no there's no time limit for sermons. There's no amount of songs that we should sing. Mm. There's no, you know, where morning tea should be set up afterwards. He talks a little yeah. bit about the love feast, feast after, yeah. but you know, there's not a lot of structure. No. And I wonder 
what is the value of having a reliable structure mm. in a church service and what is the value of mixing it up a bit mm. what do you think the pros and cons of that are um i think for probably like an older generation yeah for people that have grown up probably when australia was christendom yep it's very hard to change unless you kind of have been exposed to like a missions world or mm. like a little bit kind of i say out there in a the sense of like kind of at the foot cutting edge mode equals meaning mm. so you remember the old three hymn sandwich people mm-hmm. talk about like that that is church for them and you take that away you've taken away the meaning of mm. church and so and I think too there's comfort in familiarity mm. when you I think that's the reason why we talked about this for like works no we talked about this a small group not in the podcast mm. I get confused I've seen the conversations <laughs> about why like Christians become legalistic I think because there's a comfort to it yeah you don't have to think about it yeah you just okay I do X amount of works done mm. and so yeah there's a familiarity and I think as I start to hit my mid-30s I'm becoming more nostalgic for things mm. like I look back and I'm like oh man how much better was it in the like the mm. late 90s we had mm. such a better childhood and then yeah, yeah, our yeah. TV shows were better everything was just better and yeah, then you yeah. start to and then you watch an old episode of Hey Arnold you're like yeah, actually, actually it wasn't, really that, wasn't great. that great like I'm thinking this was better than what it really was and so I think there's a part of that too where you other older people I've found they remember a church when it was like mm-hmm. particularly here with Baptist churches and part of the church consultancy training they work with churches that in the 80s and they have been 400 people yeah. and you've still got that generation that were there and they just go oh if we just did what we did then we'll be like that and they have a hard time understanding it well things have changed there's been a whole Either your areas become completely multicultural. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the white Anglos. Yeah, yeah. Out, so well, like, yeah, every second neighbour is now Hindu. Yeah, or, you like know. Islamic. And yeah. so that's a change too. And well, even if you are in like a white Anglo area. Sure. Yeah, yeah every I second think, at least is atheist. You yeah, know, they're agnostic. They want nothing to do with church. They are, yeah, it was interesting. I was reading some research, which I was telling you about the Gen Z in America open to learning about Jesus not mm. open to coming to church so there's yeah. a spiritual hunger still there it's yeah. just not found I'm not not rocking up the church on a Sunday to find that yeah. so yeah um, I'm really answering your question sort of skating around different issues but, um, <laughs> yeah I think that for some people there is a familiarity to church being a certain way mm. um, and looking for some people they connect with God that way like there's certain music where it be him or more contemporary or more mm. contemplative that you connect with God and that's not to be dismissed mm. um, there is something I remember being in Europe and going into a lot of the old like cathedral style churches there is something very awe inspiring about stepping into those spaces and mm. going, mm. you can see these designers built this to point your attention to God mm. and so meeting on a sports club yeah it's not really going to do that like <laughs> the, the design yeah. of the building's not to make you think about heavenly things no, it's a no, functional no. practical building yeah yeah and yeah so yeah yeah where that doesn't worry me but i can see like yeah the appeal of that and so yeah and i think you bring up a great point as well with and and again it's another kind of point that tony Reinke talks about you've got you know these phenomenal cathedrals right that were 
awe-inspiring, breathtaking mm. in their time because there was no other comparable architecture to them in mm. the small area in which these people could visit of that mm. era. Now you pop on an episode of Grand Designs and everybody's building their own yeah. luxurious, magnificent temple to themselves, mm. right? <laughs> like, um, And I think that we can start to become desensitized um, to beauty um, and magnificence when we can just, you know, pop on David Attenborough and watch mm. the most amazing parts of nature from across the globe. Um, no wonder church might feel a little bit less, you know, spectacular mm. or a little bit more dull on a, on yeah. a Sunday. There's um, one of the chapters, he kind of attributes in part this to technology. He says, we feed on the produced, fantasized images of life, staging our own experiences to produce an inflated image to others. Mm. Um, I definitely wouldn't say that we're a showy church. <laughs> no, no. Um, but I mean, what what do you think we can kind of take from that and be wary of, apply to our own lives, and this idea that we're with technology mm. and the era that we're living in, feeding on produced, fantasized images of life and staging our own experiences to produce an inflated image to others. Mm. <laughs> yeah, need to reflect on that. <laughs> That's a yeah. I think one thing with jewelry we couldn't be accused of is being showy. No. Like, that's probably true. Um, yeah, I, I think that... I think this is just from me. I'm just seeing it from a preaching point of view. Yeah. The danger can be to just try to... just want to entertain people. Yeah. And, yeah, that's probably one danger I do think about is, like, how do I make this engaging and interesting and fun and mm. this, that and the other and, you know, thought-provoking and, mm. yeah, and... Yeah, sometimes too, it's like, well, actually, like, it's not about that. There's, to be authentic, you just have to be authentic. And yeah. so I actually quite like it when there's mistakes in church. Yeah. Um, yeah, one thing at, at Springwood Baptist, I remember in the night service, sometimes the band would stuff up and occasionally who was leading it, they'd just laugh and everyone kind of just laugh and then like, okay, let's try that again. Yeah, yeah, and rather yeah. than making like a big... Yeah. It's like, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Or, even this like, isn't heaven. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah, even yeah. like you and you were pretending to be Steve Jobs Jr. and you said the, the iPhone stood out and then Thomas yeah, corrected a, you. Yeah. Was yeah, it Thomas who corrected you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Always has my back. Yeah, and I was like, oh, like, it actually just laughed and made it like, oh, well, it yeah. made it more humorous. Like, <laughs> yeah. no, no one better than I no, And so, know. yeah, there's yeah. that. I think to got like, yeah, I see like following Jesus is... I hate, like the word gets overused, but there's all like the authenticity. Yeah, and there wasn't anything particularly showy about Jesus. Like, yeah, and Isaiah foretells about him. You know, man of sorrows, nothing like really interesting mm. hold of him. In fact, he mm. gets so disfigured on the cross that mm. like, huh, is this mm. guy even human anymore? Yeah, and yeah, and I think that's how in the West our values are really like to be productive and to seem to be yeah. like these highly efficient yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah beings it's interesting that the book I mentioned earlier about spiritual discernment she yeah right I, I suspect she's got a Catholic background just based on but it's interesting like the problem she's really unpacking with a lot of evangelical like boards is like yeah she goes they're just not spiritual they just don't know how to be spiritual. <laughs> they're, they're successful, like, like what's her name? Ruth Haley Barton. Like one quote she says, you know, we've got people on our church councils, church boards who are like trained in good leadership skills mm. from, 
you know, legal or business. Mm. They go, they've got no spiritual discernment. Mm. And that's, and she says, and she finds when she approaches churches to think that way, they get really like, oh, we're relying too much on emotions and we've got to have mm. facts, figures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's a roundabout way of saying, yeah, I think for us as a church, do I, I like what Tim Keller says. He goes, you know, don't just be like, eh, about it. Like, yeah. you can't. Have a standard, like, have do a all standard. things as yeah. if for Christ. Yeah. Like, he, what he, what he has a word like, don't have like a Sunday school sort of church. Like, yeah, you know, Sunday school performances are usually mm. traditionally not the best. So, guys, November 13th, we're having yeah, the kids sing. Kids in sing yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but they're practicing know. that. Yeah, it's yeah. going to like be something but, which is of quality and yeah, intentionality yeah. And, and beauty for God. Yeah. yeah. But like the idea, I think the idea he's saying is like, normally like a kid's play is not yeah. the best. Yeah. But for the parents who are watching it, they think it's fantastic. But yeah. if it's not your kid, you're kind of like, uh, you know, that's nice, but it's not. Yeah. He yeah, yeah. goes, don't have that approach to church don't just yeah. be don't just rock up without practicing or having yeah. prepared a sermon like you've got yeah. to actually yeah but yeah it's not a performance yeah ultimately. it's it a tightrope right yeah it is yeah and so and look it's a yeah tightrope I, I kind of walk a bit because yeah I try to be who I am up there yeah but also yeah recognize too that there actually is ways to engage an audience better sure. so i try to use those techniques like walking around yeah varying pitch yeah hand gestures throwing yeah. lollies out yeah. like <laughs> always so, a great motivator you know, yeah it's a bit of both yeah and it's good yeah it's yeah. time for stuff up i stuff up yeah. i've stuffed up lots actually don't know if people know so i like be talking about a point i'm like i have no idea where i'm going with you obviously <laughs> you obviously hide it well i can't i can't th- i can't think of any time off the top of my head um, I think I, I want to yeah. sort of uh, close with lo- one last thought mm. around all of this, which is um, actually a conversation I had with Claire Cattell afterwards. Mm. And it's something which I've actually done myself and didn't even think to mention, but it's so good. She was talking about how she decided to recurate her Instagram feed. Mm. So essentially there was a bunch of pages, people, whatever, that she unfollowed and a bunch of pages um, and people that she followed, you know, whether it's um, different worship bands, different pastors and, mm. and preachers and theologians or whatever it is, um, to make her Instagram page something which mm. is edifying, something yeah. which is spiritually encouraging. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and I think that good. that would sort of be an extra little challenge yeah. as we sort of go between uh, these these two sermons mm. this week. Um, are there some pages yeah. or some you know content creators on whatever you're on, whether it's mm. TikTok or Insta or Facebook or YouTube, that maybe you can unfollow? Yeah. <laughs> um, and likewise, yeah. are there some that you might want to follow? And I think that's yeah. a yeah, continuing to curate even yeah. our digital spaces, whether it's our hardware or software. Mm. I think that's is a really, good. That's really that's good a really good tip because I'm just looking at like some of my pages. Yeah. And it's, yeah, I have a whole bunch of Bible stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting that because how YouTube algorithm works, if you click a few videos of a certain type, you keep getting. Yeah. So I'll go through spaces where it's just like my homepage is just full of like exercise stuff. And <laughs> other times it's full of like Bible stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah just recognize. Yeah. It probably even knows, like, according to the time of day, what to suggest to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's when am I looking at. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking at some of my Bible stuff. It's yeah. pretty nerdy. I've got here. 24 lectures on the book of Ezekiel. Come on. How long is that video? <laughs> oh, dude. They're, they're an hour each. Okay. So that's like, that's like 26 hours of lectures. I've got just a, a preaching marathon on the yeah, book of Ezekiel. And then there's another that one on Revelation. 29 lectures on, and these, some of these go for over an hour, some of these. Wow. 
Job. I have, I have listened to all the. I've listened to yeah. all these. But also, I listen to, to why I'm working out. Pretty phenomenal resources. Oh yeah, to so just is, have at the touch of a finger. This is Ted Hildebrand. So he has a YouTube page called Biblical E-Learning and a website, and mm. he just posts like there's some of the world's best lecturers, like John Walton. He's got these are mini lectures, only go for twenty minutes, but there's <laughs> thirty of them on the Book of Job, and it's basically yeah, wow. John Walton speaking, like it's his commentary he's using. Yeah, yeah, that was when I preached through Job. When COVID hit, when mm. I was at the school, yeah, I used. I, it was so helpful just to have that yeah. resource on tap. So, so yeah, that's biblical e-learning. Mm. That's an yeah, that's another good one. So yeah. good. So there is stuff out there. It's just knowing where to look and using it rightly. Mm. And so yeah, mm. yeah. And I think also another great thing about Sunday for me, I had so many people come up to me afterwards, but hey, have you tried this one? Have you tried this one? And I, for me, that was great. Mm. I've like discovered a few new artists, few new apps and stuff. Yeah. I'd encourage people to share them with others as well, not yeah, just me. Yeah. And just go, you know, hey, like I've been finding this really helpful in mm. my spiritual practice yes. at the moment. Or, hey, this new artist who I've really been loving. I think that's really um, something which we can easily overlook. Um, mm. Something that's like, hey, just recommending things to each yeah. other and in con- continuing to encourage yeah. each other. Well, one thing we've done with our prayer team is we've made a WhatsApp group, mm. which doesn't seem like a big thing, but it's actually been very like helpful in terms of streamlining yeah. prayer out. Because before we would message, if I got a message, I'd send it to Carrie who yep. then would pass. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. always double handling now. I'm like, hey, hey. Yeah. Like, here, guys. Hey, guys. So good. Think. And they can do the same too. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. Yeah, it's I not guess. about the brick. It's about how you use it. So good. Well, good. Well, Murray, what's happening next week? Yeah, well, I'm kind of, uh, as I somewhat, uh, you know, teased in the sermon, doing sort of the I am phone 2.0. I kind of focused mm. on the jar of manna and the mm. staff of Aaron on a Sunday and looking at the word of God, the, obviously the two stone tablets mm. that are representative of that in the ark. But yeah, looking at um, the Bible on our phones. And I think that um, last week was mostly positive um, ways that we can sort of use mm. our phone and stuff um, and use technology in our spiritual practice. Um, this week I'm kind of looking at some of the pros and cons to be aware of yeah. and how even being aware of those cons of, you know, earnestly using the Bible and mm-hmm. other sort of spiritual apps on our phone, um, how if we can be aware of those, we can continue to use technology better. Mm. So that's kind of the the plug. Yeah. So, yeah, might, might, might get my little long sleeve black shirt back on again. Yeah. <laughs> Steve Jobs <laughs> Jr. back again. Should be fun. Should be fun. Well, thanks oh, for joining us, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> you, Murray. And we'll uh, see, see you, you Sunday. See ya. Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the Centre Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.